Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And welcome to 51 51 First Dates. (laughs) We know the name. With a name that I know. Wow. What a great start to this episode. Liza, how are you? <laughs> you know, just crushing it, um, demolishing it. I don't know. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm just like, t- no, things are fine. I feel tired of quarantine, how original, and also like very out of it. But I'm really, really happy to be doing a solo app today because we haven't done one in a while. I know. We really haven't. We haven't just shot the shit in a minute and it's so great because I'm being so eloquent and you know we really should have a guest here because I'm being so eloquent I'd be a great interviewer but thank god I'm alone with you and all of you listening thank you for being here um it's very fun to do a solo episode today we're going to obviously talk about what we're consuming we're going to talk about a book that we hope to have you know the writer on Logan Yuri is um the director of relationship science at Hinge and she wrote a book called How Not to Die Alone. It is a dramatic title um, and we hope to have her on in the future. But so many of you were asking us to talk about this book and a couple of the dating tendencies she's identified as well as this really awesome set of post-date eight questions to ask yourself after a a first date, which we're going to talk about. And then we're going to talk about what to do if the person you're seeing is still logging on to Bumble and you've had the exclusive chat. This is a listener question. It was in the secret Facebook group. I think it's incredibly relatable. So we're going to dive into that. And is that is that the business, Liza? That's it. Well, I'll do our normal business spiel. You should, Kimmy just mentioned it, but join our secret Facebook group. It's a great like community. You can ask questions. You can um, share your feelings. People are really, really nice and supportive and cool and warm and it is like a very good, nice space on the internet, which is useful in our modern, horrible, sad society. Just kidding. I don't know why I feel so bleak. Things are fine. It was like 61 degrees in New York today. I should not Ooh, feel dang. bleak. It was like a nice day. Nice. Everyone was out in their shorts. Um, So please join our secret Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram at first five one first dates pod. You can email us at five one first dates pod at gmail.com. Um, and... Also, please subscribe to our Substack. The links for all of those things are in the show notes. Um, our Substack is a weekly newsletter we're putting out completely for free. And it's kind of our thoughts, feelings, thoughts on dating, thoughts on just life in general. Um, it's a little bit like more kind of our like like di- diary-esque from both of us. <laughs> um, and we also break down or we, sh- we write out all of our consumption corner in there and link it because it's like really hard to do in the show notes because of the way they're structured. So even if you just are like, oh, these guys talk about podcasts and books and um, articles, et cetera, that we and mostly TV shows. I don't know why I left TV shows off that list, but <laughs> like the most important thing and like only thing. Um, but please uh, subscribe to that and you will have like an easier way to grab or um, links for the things we talk about during consumption corner. That's <laughs> the business. The business. We did it. Uh, yeah. Loving the slow but sure traction we're getting on Precious Gems, our newsletter. Thank you all. This week, I just, 
opined, or I guess last week, about um, anxiety. And I was afraid I was being self-indulgent and someone, you know, commented that they really related and they appreciated it. So that felt really good. Thank you very much for validating my whiny internet live journal. Um, Okay. So, Liza, what are you consuming? Okay. Well, I I know that you know this because I just was talking about it before we got on, but I am so deep in so many shows that I've already talked about. Like, it's all Better Call Saul, Golden Girls to Fall Asleep. Uh, um, what the fuck else? Oh, Drag Race and Drag Race UK. Like they're all in progress. Um, so I I don't have a ton new to talk about, but I am doing a from the beginning as a, as a show. I watch Golden Girls to fall asleep when it's just me watching TV to fall asleep. Like if Jeff wants to read or do his own thing or whatever. But when we've been watching a falling asleep show together, we've been watching Seinfeld Ooh. from the beginning, which is extremely fun and also like just makes me proud of how far we've come as a society in some <laughs> respects. The humor is funny. And I, I think that obviously like, look, it's a show that was made in the early nineties. There's some stuff in there that would not fly today, but like there was an episode last night about like one of the characters, like, hooking up with like not hiring secretaries who are too hot because he didn't want to be distracted at work and I was just like oh my god we are lucky in a lot of ways um but it's been really fun and my bigger thing that I want to recommend this week is a podcast called slow burn have Mm. you heard of this podcast I have and guess what I've never listened okay it's it's an interesting like it's a great show it's a slate it's a produced by slate and there's four seasons in each season. I feel like it's almost like serial, but it's about historic events. Um, so each season is on a different topic. And I listened to the first two. The first one was about Watergate and the second one was about the Clinton Lewinsky scandal. And um, I listened to those a long time ago and really, really loved them. But I had kind of forgotten about it, like as you do. And then... It got somehow like popped up in something I was looking at and I'm listening to their third season, which is about um, kind of like everything that happened between Tupac Shakur and the Notorious B.I.G. And I know the broad strokes of that story, but it is so, so good. This podcast, it's so interesting. It captures such a specific moment in time and in music and it's just the god i don't know the person's name who's the host of this season um i should look it up because that's not cute so i'm going to look it up for a second but basically it's incredibly well done it's super fucking thoughtful the pace of it is so satisfying the episodes are half an hour so you feel like you kind of can get into something but it's also like goes by quickly they're all like cliffhangers like it feels like a good series you want to binge watch like I've been sad that I don't have enough time to, like, binge listen. Um, Season three is, like, absolutely my favorite so far, the Tupac Shakur and Notorious B.I.G. season. Season four is about David Duke, who is a, like, notorious white supremacist. And apparently it ties way more into, like, how basically white supremacy got a foothold in America. And a lot stretches back to him. Um, So I'm... I don't know if excited is the right word. I'm not excited to listen to that, but I will be listening to that. Uh, but I am just so fucking into it um, and super highly recommend it. If you want just like a good listen, it's like not trashy, but it is 
good. Um, so Leon Nafok is the host of seasons one and two, and the third season is hosted by this man named Joel Anderson. And the Wikipedia page doesn't say who hosts the fourth season, but I'm sure that that person is great. <laughs> I feel no. I this is a a podcast that has been recommended to me so many times, and I I feel embarrassed that I still haven't listened. Especially you know, good to listen to how awful Bill Clinton was, as well as you know all the the Republicans we should talk. But I I feel inspired by your recommendation, Liza, and. I think I think I'm going to check it out. It's good. Like, it's funny. I feel like it's been really popular, but it also consistently flies under the radar. Like, it's it's like everyone's heard of it, but it just has never had like a big moment of getting like super buzzy. And mm. I cannot believe that season three is not more popular. Like, I feel like everybody kind of knows and loves this music and knows like the bare bones of this story and I know obviously some people know a lot more about it but it's so complex and interesting it's like a fucking Shakespeare like drama it's so um complicated and so many things about just like the early 90s and police brutality and like there's it's very relevant to today uh but it's great it's great I'm so obsessed with it I I'm going to weirdly recommend something that just popped into my brain when you said early 90s that I watched a long time ago and that everyone listening has probably watched. But I will implore you, if you haven't seen the OJ Made in America, not the scripted one, the the documentary, the 30 for 30, yeah. I feel like that just – that time period or the 90s generally just – I don't even – I don't know how well those two time periods actually align. But the 90s, there's so much that happened such I think a lot of us either grew up during part of those years or were grew up right after those years and had an idea of them but didn't actually know anything. I just if you haven't seen that 30 for 30, it's an ESPN documentary all about OJ Simpson. It's so long, but I I've rewatched it. It's so good. It's so good. It's unreal. Like his whole story and the uh, it's just uh it's a really really like it feels so specific to America and to that time period. And yeah, wild. A- anything else, Liza? I'm sorry. I jumped in on that. No, I, like truly I am just in deep with a lot of my with a lot of my series that you guys have already heard me talk about. Please feel, feel free to DM me if you want to talk about Drag Race versus <laughs> Drag Race UK. UK is way better. Um, but, you know, that's what I'm consuming. Better Call Saul. Still great super fucking good I like really really feel strongly about I'm very disappointed in myself for not watching it sooner basically um well Liza that you know the UK being better is a great segue into the UK <laughs> being worse at one thing and that's the Royals and that's what I consume this week I I only lately I have not been consuming a lot of original content or any content at all really um, had a little pause from TV consumption, but I did consume the entirety of the Meghan and Harry Oprah interview. Oh, I haven't watched it yet because I can't get my fucking Paramount Plus set up. It is. If you go on CBS.com, they're giving it to you with ads. So I actually, okay. I couldn't figure out how to do it on my TV, but I watched it on my computer. And I have got to say there, you know, I won't, we've all heard, I feel like this interview was talked about in such a massive way um, over the past day. And we've all heard, you know, one, how awful 
some of the comments about Megan and her race and her baby's race were to how complicated and awful the colonialism of the royal family is, blah, blah, blah. We, we again, we all have heard this. I won't do that, be, do uh, speak to that part of it because it's awful and you should watch it, but also I just feel undereducated. What really stuck out to me was just, oh, sorry, this is going to sound awful, but Oprah is such a good interviewer. and That's what everybody's been saying, and I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm like, I really, really have strong feelings about Oprah. I feel like if it weren't her, from the beginning, she's just setting it up so that we all know at home they're not, like, they're not in Oprah's backyard. They're not in Meghan and Harry's backyard. She gets into, you know, questions that if you were I've seen a lot of like you know people who like Pierce Morgan like people on the internet who like hate cancel culture are you know oh how are they canceling the royal family and I guess part of me was like maybe there are some softballs you know maybe because the tweets were coming out on the east coast timing so before I was even able to watch it but it's not Oprah's not a softball interviewer. She's empathetic, but she also asks the questions. You're like, wait, they were being kind of vague. Tell me more. And she pushes them. And Megan did an incredible job. You know, she's just an incredible person to watch. I'm fascinated by her. She yeah. navigates this very difficult thing that she's gone through. It's so upsetting. But with this poise that is... I don't know. It's truly like this glimpse, even if you're not royal obsessed, which I don't really think I am, I am still fascinated. And the way Harry talks about his experience and the parallels between what happened to Diana and then what happened to Meghan, but now with race involved. It's just, you know, I know there's also a lot of takes like, oh, like everyone's so shocked that this colonial institution is, you know, so terrible. No, I'm not. I'm just hearing how bad it actually was and how trapped one could actually be like they took they take away your passport your driver's license I didn't think about things like that and I'm just I I do I really do recommend it I was it was very compelling television and really upsetting but I think you know fuck the royal family (laughs) yeah I've been like really eager to watch it both because I'm a really really love Oprah in a way that like mostly is for ladies in their 50s but I am 32 and like a an Oprah super fan but also like I feel and I'm sure I've said this before and it will be annoying every single time I say it but Meghan Markle went to the same university and was the same major as me and graduated five years before me so I feel this week like she I just missed her she graduated four years before me like I think she's four or five years older than us she I just feel this weird like protectiveness of her because I'm like it's just so weird we had all the same professors like we had it was just was like it's so weird that we we were in the same exact you know tiny little theater building and like a couple years apart and I just am like anyone who does Megan wrong is bad so I have been really really meaning to watch it I probably will watch it tonight that's so funny the only other thing I've been consuming lately um was or or that I would recommend today is bachelor party podcast uh with Juliet Lippman and Rachel Lindsay and that made me think of you Liza because Juliet talks about also going to Northwestern and having this like stand Megan forever vibe but 
uh, that just she probably was there at the same time too like good chance she knew her because i think i think i just missed juliet in this in a similar class there was this class of like meryl streep's daughter mamie gummer lily rabe megan markle like juliet like all these cool like ladies who like there's like I mean, there are cool people who graduated near me, but we don't have that class in my <laughs> age group. So I'm like, God damn it. I just missed um, all the baddies. Uh, yeah. No, but I would just say, you know, even if you don't watch The Bachelor or like The Bachelor, Rachel Lindsay has, you may have heard, been getting in, uh, I was going to say insane, but it's, it again, this is where my ignorance is that. I'm a white woman, so I don't realize the hate that probably has always come at Rachel Lindsay, definitely has always come at Rachel Lindsay, but it's just accelerated because of the Chris Harrison drama that even if you don't watch a show, you've heard about. Anyway, she's kind of taken a step back from Bachelor Nation and even the podcast she does for them, but she did a special episode with Juliette Littman, Bachelor Party podcast, the the podcast I listened to before I watched the show. Um, And they talk about... The episode that aired this week that was pretty gross in its handling of um, Matt, our first Black Bachelor's father, coming on the show and some stereotypes around that. I really it feel basically long story short, production tricked that man into coming on and thinking he was celebrating his son's impending engagement, and that instead it was a weird confrontation about what kind of father he was, and uh, it just felt really icky. But so manipulative. So manipulative. It felt so painful to watch that scene. It was awful. And I their conversation is great about it. And then I also just think we should all like follow Rachel Lindsay and her other podcast on The Ringer with Van Lathan called Higher Learning. I know I've recommended before. Just check that out. That's they talk everything. It's not a bachelor podcast. Um, though Van incredibly funny man. Um uh, from TMZ. You may have known him from there, but uh he is new to The Bachelor as of like this past season and a half, Tasha a little. And it's he's just so funny about it. But obviously, it's just I'm recommending consume Rachel Lindsay's content. That's that's mm. the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we should just like flood her with like good vibes and follows and likes so that she can like make money for doing the things she <laughs> Is doing really well. She's doing everything really well. That's the thing. You don't yeah. need to like know her from Bachelor or like yeah. her, you know. Literally even just like follow her, follow her on Instagram. Like you yeah. make money from how many, as stupid as that is. It's like, yeah, she just needs, <laughs> she needs all the good vibes. She's really been through it in the last couple weeks, especially. Oh my gosh. I just thought of one more consumption corner. Yes. And maybe this is like too much to talk about on the pod. And I don't even know if it really counts, but I'm going to say it. I consumed my first vaccine <gasps> since we last recorded yay Liza I forgot <laughs> that is absolute consumption did you wear yes. a vaccine sweater with the cold shoulder opening? <laughs> I, oh man I did not but I should have I did take a selfie and the woman who the nurse who was administering it to me was like I just loved her so much she was like now I can't be in the thing because like apparently they're not allowed to be in the pictures but she was like but just let me see. She like looked at my screen because she was like, I want to make sure my hand's not blocking your shot of the needle going into your arm. She was great. She really understood that I needed to take a picture. Um, but the main reason I bring this up is like I, I, if anyone, I was, I, I qualified in New York State because of a pre-existing condition that puts me at a much higher risk. Um, so, but even that being said, I had like a lot of vaccine guilt, which I know a lot of people are feeling who qualify 
Um, I had a lot of I had no vaccine hesitancy. I trust the scientists and I absolutely would recommend it. If you guys basically I'm saying if you guys have any questions about the vaccination process or want to talk about vaccine guilt um, or have any questions about how my body felt or anything like please email us. I will absolutely respond like I I was dealing with vaccine guilt because I was like, well, I'm young and like my condition, like I'm sure other people have worse conditions than me and blah, 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 yada, yada. But like I qualify in New York state definitively. And I talked, I literally talked to my therapist about it for like 40 minutes. And I talked to a bunch of people about it and I was reading about it and I was like, it's, I I just don't think anyone should feel guilty if you qualify. Like it is actually like a, a, you are doing a service to everyone around you. Um, And if you're, vaccine hesitant at all like and you want to talk about it please email me like i'm happy to talk about it um you have our email address 514statespod at gmail.com um but it was a really like emotional moment i cried when i got the appointment i cried when i got my vaccine i cried when i made my appointment for my second vaccine i cried leaving this i was leaving the vaccination center and i i hadn't like talked to anyone there or anything whatever but i I was leaving at the same time as somebody else and this woman looked over at me and was like, holy shit, can you believe it? And oh. I was like, I can't. It was just like this wild moment of relief. Obviously, I'm asking, I'm distancing. I'm not doing anything different. Um, but I just am like, it felt like such a big moment. And I just like needed to, like, I wanted to put it in consumption corner. Yes. And I'm so glad you did because I can already hear like, the if we were a bigger podcast, the tweets we would get. You qualified. People in LA were going and taking codes that were supposed to go to communities that were harder hit by the pandemic here and lying about them. Liza didn't do any of that. And every single scientist is saying, we got to get the most people vaccinated possible. If you qualify, get it. And there's been such weird shame around people getting it if they're young. And no one knows what Liza you have, what someone else might have. I don't qualify. That's fine. I'm not going to be upset that other young people are getting it. I'm so freaking happy. Yeah. It's there's a big there's a big moment in New York right now where like people whose BMI are is over 30 qualify. Um, and because people who are obese are at a higher risk of dying of covid. And a lot of people are not getting vaccinated whose BMI is over 30 because they don't think it's right. Uh, and mm. so so there's this whole thing now about like vaccine guilt and blah, blah, blah and whatever. And like I, I was like doing all of that. And it's actually like if you qualify in your state, it's irresponsible not to get vaccinated. Yep. So like if you're in New York and you have a BMI over 30, go get fucking vaccinated. They put people's names on those lists for a reason. You know, or they put yep. people's conditions on those lists for a reason. Like it's just I went through a, a week and a half long process of feeling really guilty and confused and this, that mm-hmm. and what and the other thing like truly like it's uh you know it's a I don't think there's anything to feel um bad about if you qualify in your area agreed and that's how that's how the vaccine works the more people who get it then it becomes more effective or well (laughs) I'm not the CDC but anyway very hopeful so fucking happy my dad got it too I'm pumped about that It, it has been a long road Oh, mon dieu. Should we talk about dating? If you're new here, you're like, what Let's is this do it. <laughs> we, we used to talk less about consumption before when people could still actually date, which was about a year ago. So we, one more thing on the pandemic and dating and vaccines. Uh, the latest CDC guidance, look it up because I didn't pull it up, is 
actually very hopeful and exciting about if you are vaccinated, being able to hang out with people with masks who aren't vaccinated vaccinated. I don't know. I feel like dating is coming back. That's what I'm going to say. Look it up because I'm not Dr. Fauci and or the CDC, but they just said you can hang out in small groups where everyone is fully vaccinated plus two weeks, two weeks after your second vaccination is, is. So like one of my friends who works in a hospital is also vaccinated and we made just made a date for like two and a half weeks after I get my second shot to just like watch a movie at her apartment. It's so stupid, but I'm like so fucking excited. It's <laughs> beautiful. It's so exciting. Yep. And I'm I'm glad we had that. I think, guys, dating is on the comeback. And that's why we're going to talk about dating tendencies, the post-date eight, and then a great listener question about Bumble and location services and all that drama. But first, let's take a really quick ad break. All right, we are back to talk about Logan Yuri's book, How Not to Die Alone. She actually reached out to us a while ago offering to send us the book. I hope we can have her on at some point, but too many of you wanted to talk about this book. We could not push it off any longer. It is called How Not to Die Alone. She has said she's intentionally made it kind of triggering. I think it's okay if you're okay being alone, you know, I don't want to tell you you can't die alone. But if you're looking to date, there are just such amazing kind of frameworks, I feel like, that she's offered that are just really interesting to talk about. Liza, I feel like I made you do this podcast with me because I needed a framework for dating. And it wasn't quite a like, strategic framework, but it was um, a plan. It was a format. It was something to talk about and think about and force myself to do. And totally. Yeah. So we both took the dating tendencies quiz. I feel like we should talk about that first. Completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like the so, – so she offers a dating tendencies quiz on her website. And she has three tendencies. And I, I know which one you are, but you don't know which one I am. So yeah. I feel like we should read them and then you should guess which one I am. Oh, I can't guess which one, which one you are because I know because it's in our notes. Yeah, it is an artist. Okay, I was like, how do you know? Oh, it's an oh, We have a shared doc today, guys. So organized. Ooh, fancy. Okay, so there are three different dating tendencies. I will read the first one. The hesitator. You don't think you're ready for dating because you're not the person you want to be, who you want to be yet. You hold yourself to a high standard. You want to feel completely ready before you start a new project. The same goes for dating. Your motto, I'll wait until I'm a catch. Okay. Yeah, do you want to read the next one? Yeah. Sure. So the next one is the maximizer. You love doing research, exploring all of your options, turning every turning over every stone until you're confident you found the right one. You make decisions carefully and you want to be 100% certain about something before you make your choice. Your motto, why settle? And then, finally, the romanticizer. You want the soulmate, the happily ever after, the whole fairy tale. You love love. You believe you're single because you haven't met the right person yet. Your motto, it'll happen when it's meant to happen. Okay. So should I reveal which one you are or do you want to? Yeah, you can reveal which one I am. They all are sounding more similar than I remember them sounding. (laughs) Yeah, but I think I would have probably guessed this one for you anyway. Okay, reveal me, please. Okay, so Kimmy (laughs) is the hesitator. Don't think you're ready for dating because you're not the person you want to be yet. You hold yourself to a high standard, you're ready for a certain project, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty on brand. Does that feel right to you? Yeah, and the the motto, I'll wait until I'm a catch, I answered so – if we weren't clear, there's a quiz you can take online on Logan Yuri's website and you can find out your dating tendency. Um, it's 
interesting because I answered it as though I were still dating. And as much as I like to say that doing the, you know, this experiment project changed the way I dated, I feel like at the beginning and the end, I was still a hesitator. Even if I got better, I was never a maximizer. This is the like doing all the research, exploring all the options. I didn't feel confident enough ever to be a maximizer. <laughs> like it's just kind of sad. Um, but I do think I'm having a little bit of like grass is greener or beauty is in the eye of the beholder here because yeah, I, every every tendency is okay and you can date however you want to date. <laughs> Liza, what are you? This is, I think, oh, I don't know. Guess you won't, you won't hurt my feelings. Is that what you're worried about? I don't know if this will hurt your feelings, but it just might be totally off base. Are you a romanticizer? Yeah. You want the soulmate, the happily ever after, the whole fairy tale? Yeah. You love yeah. love. Which I feel like, look, these three tendencies are like pretty, they're, they're both like kind of, they're a little narrow, but that's the one I would have picked for myself. Like, I, I feel like in general, I've always been kind of like, I want to be with someone if I'm in love with someone, but I don't like need to be with someone to be happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I for a while needed to be with someone because I thought it would validate me and give me self-esteem, which then I was in a relationship and realized like, oh, it will not. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Still feel but like, like crap. Yeah. But it's interesting. Like, I feel like... I feel like this is a little bit, I don't want to say simplistic, but like distilled. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean. What are your thoughts on the three tendencies? Absolutely. When you get your tendency um, that you also get in the email, this quiz isn't designed to make you feel bad about your dating life. It's meant to help you understand what's been holding you back so you can break your bad habits and develop new ones, which I think is important to mention because it's really easy for a lot of dating advice, dating self-help, relationship books to make you feel badly about yourself or like you've been doing something wrong. However, I am I I I consistently feel like the thing I needed to do most for a lot of my life growing up and hating myself and feeling unlovable and like I wasn't hot enough to ever have a boyfriend was really about reflecting on some of these habits or tendencies and that's why I do like this. I don't think you need to be like, I'm a maximizer. That's it. I'm that forever. I think it's more like if we can just understand that it's not like uniquely us having these tendencies or issues or bad habits. It's we're all, I don't know. We could also have the best habits ever and want to be alone and that would be beautiful as well. But I guess I'm with you, Liza. I think this is, we're not preaching here. We're just like having fun with these tendencies because I think they're kind of useful to think about. Yeah, totally. I I also think it's interesting to just think about in general, like the, uh, I I was thinking about this because Shani Silver, who we had on the podcast at one point, talked about or was posting about this on her Instagram a little bit. But I also think it's interesting to like be okay with, oh my God, there's, I am not going to frame this eloquently at all. Everybody bear with me. I'm going to get there. I believe in you. I I feel like it's, I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of like weight and body image. I read, I'm like a a lifelong Weight Watchers fan. I know just like my love of Oprah, it's for our moms, but I really do love it. And I tend to like go on it just every once in a while when my weight has crept up a little bit. And I say this knowing full well that like it's almost seen as like not politically correct right now to talk about weight loss 
I saw basically, I read an article in Slate this morning or recently about how Weight Watchers is problematic because they haven't like dropped the idea of weight loss. Mm. Um, And while I understand that, I basically think like it should be okay to radically love yourself in any body you're in. And it should be okay to want to lose a little bit of weight. Like, it's just that, like, both have to be okay to me. Mm-hmm. I am not educated on this topic, and I am sure that, like, some people will at me, and that's totally fine. I want to, like, know more and learn more about it. I have been a lot of different sizes and struggled with disordered eating my whole life. So, like, I know how touchy this topic is. Um, And I almost feel a, a similar way about, like, dating and being single. Like, I think it should be okay to be like, hey, I'm fucking single and I'm going to be happy and live a perfect life like this. And anyone who judges me, fuck you. But also, if you do want to date and want to find a partner, I feel like it. that also has to be okay. If you want to, like, rethink your dating habits and, like, reframe the way you date and, like, even make up project podcast or otherwise around Mm -hmm. dating or like give yourself a structure to it so I feel like this shit is helpful for that and I say this shit meaning like like these kind of like yeah um, yeah I think uh, any frameworks and and like what Logan Yuri has done here is like take science too yes she works for a data app she's really really intelligent really really smart I like data I'm a data nerd for things I like having an understanding of why things are the way they are. So this can be really helpful for those of us who are looking to date and who want some like uh, outside perspective, context, input, insights, whatever on, you know, maybe what we're doing or not doing. Not that anything's wrong. Again, you can do or do not date however you want and yeah, Liza, I think you put it perfectly. I think I feel the exact same way about, you know, diet culture as well. Like, again, we've both struggled with eating disorders, but I don't think every time I – sometimes I eat, like, really healthy for a period and I just feel better. And it's not about some toxic energy. It's not like the bulimia, you know. And I think that's it's, – it's, it's a tricky thing. It's like there's a toxic version of everything. Um, even positivity, which we try not to be. Uh, <laughs> okay, yes. But I think the we'll also mention, and this this is something that has come up on a recent episode. We dove way in on this. But um, another kind of core tenant of these tendencies is that although they seem quite different, the romanticizer, maximizer, and hesitator have one major thing in common, unrealistic expectations. The romanticizer has unrealistic expectations of relationships. The maximizer has unrealistic expectations of their partner. The hesitator has unrealistic expectations of themselves. And this, again, like Shani Silver is doing the great work. I understand like this concept of unrealistic expectations. You should just have, be able to have whatever expectations of your partner or your relationship or yourself that you do have. However, I must admit (laughs) that as a hesitator, I had very unrealistic expectations of myself and dating. I thought I literally, like from looks, had to be a supermodel. And I know this comes from society too. And but I thought I had to be perfectly like put together and on all the time. I thought I had to have my like life more together than it was, which may have been true. But you know, I I 
again, it's this thing. It's it's not binary. You know, this isn't right or wrong. Applying these frameworks is really interesting to me, and that's why we decided to talk about them today. Hundred percent. Yeah. Agree with everything. Okay, and then the other thing, uh, this list you've also asked us to talk about, and I'm obsessed with it. So, Logan Yuri also made this great list of post date questions. The post date eight. We're going to repost it. Um, Liza, this is very fun. I want to hear. Maybe I'll read. We'll read the one at a time and think about Perfect. them. Okay. So the first question is, what side of me did they bring out? So again, you're after a first date, post-date eight, ask yourself these questions. One, what side of me did they bring out? I like this a lot. Yeah, this is fun. I feel like when I used to go on first dates, if I had asked myself this, it would be often my answer, like nervous, uh, you know, try hard or something. But it's interesting because on my first date with date 13, let's say, and other people, like they brought out my fun side or my confident side. And they really did. I was like throwing out fun games for us to play at the bar in a way that I wouldn't have if I was sitting there with someone who I felt like was maybe looking me up and down or judging me. And I like this as a first gut check because it's like if someone didn't bring out the good or somewhat good side of you, like the first time you hang out, like, no, 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 it's time to go. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I'm glancing down this list and I'm thinking about like all of these as the first. There wasn't like a clear first like date, quote unquote, when Jeff and I started dating because we were like friends. We started hanging out more. We started hanging out more. We started hooking up. And it was like that typical kind of shit. But um, I'm thinking about like the first time we really hung out after like not seeing each other since college. And like it's interesting because it is the answer to all of these is like totally different than any other date I'd been on, which I think is interesting. Um, so question number two is, how did my body feel during the date? Stiff, relaxed, or something in between? I mean, we both went to acting school, so we love questions like this. Love our, <laughs> like, our, our um, physical awareness of a situation. Yeah. I I mean, I've, I, I've always been incredibly anxious at the beginning of a date, so it would always be, you know, my body felt terrible and stiff, and, like, I was shaking and couldn't hold my drink with my left hand. Liza, when I get really nervous, my hands shake so badly. That, like, I feel like I can't use my left hand because I don't have enough muscles in it. Like I feel like shit. I've seen this You've happen seen it. in, like, yeah. meetings and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Like, I, I have my own thing of, like, uh, have seen it. breaking out into hives, which I recently did on a high-pressure high phone call. It, yeah, the physical tells of anxiety are not the most fun. It's so scary. But anyway, your body can tell you a lot. If you don't end up feeling relaxed with someone the whole time you spend with them, it's, again, bye-bye. Okay, question three is, do I feel more energized or de-energized than I did before the date? Interesting. Great one. This is such a great one to identify like energy vampires. Oh, yeah, that's true. Energy vampires. That is very true. I also would say, though, the tricky part for me would be sometimes I felt really energized after dates that maybe gave me that rush of like, I'm going to get this person to like me. They're cool. On paper, they're checking it off. You know, that more like lusty initial rush mm-hmm. sometimes would energize me after the first date. So I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. It could be a little baby trap, you know. Yeah. But you should feel energized 100% after a first date. So good. Yeah. And I feel like a, even like 
not feeling de-energized, not leaving mm. and being like, oh my God, this person was a, like, even if you just feel the same level of energy, like, I feel like that's a good sign. Like we've all had those moments where we're with someone and you leave and you're just like, oh my God, I'm exhausted by this person's like energy or like needs of me or whatever. Like that's super good thing to watch out for. Um, Is it my turn? Sure. I don't yes. know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll read the next one. Is there something about them I'm curious about? Ooh. I like this too. Yeah. I mean, this is a good one to keep going past a first date, I feel like. You want to stay kind of curious. You don't want to be like, I think they're, I don't know, a spy for Russia. But you want to be curious about them in a small way or a big way. I don't know. I like that. Yeah, totally. And you want to like, you want to want to know more, you know? If you feel like you have like someone's total vibe after the first date, I don't know. You don't want them to seem like exactly like I'm just repeating exactly what you said. <laughs> no, I mean they're these are all great. Um, I I kind of wish I just had this saved on Instagram for myself when I was dating. This is really good for dates. It is. This is really 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 we'll, good. We'll I'm like post kind it. of blowing my mind. Yeah. Yep. Uh, five of the the post date eight is did they make me laugh? I feel like this one we can give ourselves credit for like or at least we've talked about how much sense of humor matters. If you totally. don't laugh at all, if they don't laugh at all, it's it's I think if you don't have the same or a similar sense of humor, I don't know how it works out in the long run. But maybe I just care too much about giggling. No, I feel the same way. I mean, it's not like the most original thought, but it is I don't know. It's a thing. It's like it, it, if you don't feel at least like there was lightness in it that's not a good look agreed 100 you know? percent. okay number six is did i feel heard aka the roskett test the roskett test <laughs> i'm, I'm yes. fully taking credit from this one <laughs> when we have our daters on and ask them you know the roskett test which is the bechdel test but sounding uglier um did your date ask you anything about yourself that was outside of the normal first date questions yeah did you feel heard like did you say something and then they followed up on that something like that's important totally did I feel attractive in their presence Ooh, important that you didn't feel unattractive but you could feel attractive in the presence of people you should not be with I know that's not what this test is for but just just I'm glad that this is like number seven on the list (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) because it is important like you do want to feel you know I feel like you can get that kind of casual like flirtatious energy that means there's attract uh, attraction there like light arm touching and eye contact and like that kind of stuff that is very like mutual and um about god i saw some brilliant person tweet about this is such a this is a little bit of a non sequitur but i promise it relates someone tweeted about i wish i had this person's handle um the difference between like sexual harassment and flirting and and especially like in the workplace um mm. and they were saying that like the difference is um mutuality like sexual harassment is not mutual it's not wanted it's not returned and flirting is like so fun because it's mm-hmm. it is mutual and sexual harassment is all about ignoring someone's energy and flirtation is all about reading someone's energy which i was like god that's such a fucking smart distinction and like such a perfect way to put it 
But yep. I feel like the like, did I feel attractive in their presence is almost similar to that. Like, were we like mm-hmm. reading each other's like physical vibes and like feeling them? And like, was that fun? Yeah, I like that. It makes total sense to me. It's it's very different than when someone's like touching your leg randomly or yes I once got death threats for writing an article about like certain ways that men hit on women at bars and that make or I didn't actually I don't even know if it was maybe it was men hitting on women I think it was specific to um gender and um sexual orientation but uh just about how like there are a lot of things that people consider flirting that are not flirting um even if they're not harassment but just like really not the move Uh, yeah but also so many things can be so sexy and so attractive, attractive if they are based off of someone else reading your energy. Exactly. When a, a person who I'm not vibing with touches me on the lower back, it makes me <gasps> nauseous. And when someone who I am vibing with touches me on the lower back, it's like such a turn on. I know. And it's, you know, and it's neither of those things are harassment. Neither of them are dangerous, whatever. It's just like. In one situation, I mean, every woman has experienced this. Your fucking skin crawls. Yep. Yep. It's a, such a good example. Oh, crushing it, Liza. Okay. One more. Okay. Numero eight. Um, Ocho. <laughs> Why did I? Okay. <laughs> Numero uh, eight. No, no reason. Um, did I feel captivated, bored, or something in between? I like yeah. this. Yeah, totally. It's simple, but I feel like it's a it's a good thing to ask yourself. Because I also think it takes you away from the mad dates. The like the the thing we talk about here, which is that, like dates are kind of like a bell curve where like most of them are kind of blah. They're not bad or great. They're just kind of like fine, whatever. And so like if the bad dates are boring and the good dates you're captivated, like it's it's noteworthy to like say to yourself which of those two poles you maybe leaned towards a hundred percent and you know I I really like this and it's just hitting me even though these were all basically like did I how did I feel statements mm-hmm. it's not asking yourself did they feel captivated bored or something in between by me did they find me attractive it's checking totally. in with yourself and that to me is the biggest switch that changed while doing I think every week I say I have a different experience, learning experience from when I went on all these dates for a podcast. But it was really like starting to check in with myself and what I liked rather than, oh, well, it wasn't awful and they were checking all these other boxes. And that's the premise of this post-date eight. Again, these are all credited to Logan Yuri, but she like she's using this as a replacement for the checklists that we sometimes make that have to do with other things. Like I want to have a sailboat and <laughs> a degree and whatever it is and a big fat salary. Just kidding. Uh, anyway, really cool stuff. Uh, we will hopefully have her on at some point, but just wanted to share that. I really, I'm obsessed with the post date date. I feel like even if you make up your own list of questions that are like very specific to your habits and what you're working on in dating, um, so good to check in with yourself after a date. Like, yeah. FaceTime IRL or whatever it is. Even a completely seventh date where we're like, where is this going? Yeah. And it's so important, like you said, just to reiterate, to make it about how you felt and not what they thought of you. Yep. Yeah. That's I feel like that is truly the biggest takeaway. And yeah. we've said it before, but it just dawned on me again. I mean, it's so ingrained in us the, the to think about how people view us as women. Um and it's 
it's not natural. Like we've been talking about this stuff for years and doing doing this like trying to like rewire our brains for years and it still isn't in- embedded. Like that's proof of how hard it is to un mm-hmm. unburn that toast or whatever. Unburn that toast, Liza. I like it. I'm- that's an insane. That's a that's a um a work term and I cannot believe I just used it. Here. Oh, it's a work term. Oh shit. It's not really. It's like a thing that like people say in editing sometimes when you like Im- when you embed something. It's so stupid and I it's one of those things where I'm like I can't believe I took that stupid like work term and brought it to this podcast. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Do our listener question? Yes, this is a juicy one. Okay. Thank you to our dear listener for letting us read this in the podcast. It was posed in the secret Facebook group, as I mentioned, and she gave us permission. I just always like to give that disclaimer in case you're worried about posting the secret Facebook group. We'll ask you. Okay. Perspective needed. I've been dating this guy for three months now, and he brought up being exclusive and not going on the apps about a month ago. And shortly after, we had the DTR combo. Last night, a girlfriend sent me a screenshot of him on Bumble with an updated location, different city he was in for the day. My understanding is that Bumble will only update location if you open the app, so a bit confused and quickly spiraled. Planning to talk to him about it in person when he's back this week, but honestly keep going back and forth if this is a deal breaker or nothing major. I personally can't see why someone would need to be swiping if they say they want to be in a relationship, but then I'm also like, am I jumping to too much from a location setting? Curious if this is something others have dealt with and all thoughts welcomed. This is the first guy I've seriously developed feelings for in years, so I feel my judgment is a bit clouded. Liza, I want this your take. This is tricky. Yes. Damn. Usually we, when we hear a listener question, I'm like, yep, I know how I feel. Like, I don't really know how I feel here. Do you have a strong impulse? I put it in the book. In the book. <laughs> in the Facebook. <laughs> put it in the Facebook. In the Facebook group. I put my impulse Sort of based on others' strong impulses. So I'd love to hear yours first, and then I will okay. I will stop teasing. Here this. is mine. He brought up being exclusive. You guys had a defining the relationship conversation. I think with him bringing those things up, you could write it off as I can just see this happening by accident, but I also know that may sound like Pollyanna-esque. And I personally have this feeling of like, everyone's always trying to fuck me over. Like, so I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Okay. I think that I would bring it up if there are any other red flags in the next like month. Yeah. I would wait for another red flag to bring it up. Interesting. Okay. Is that, uh, I don't no, know, but I think even saying that, I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to take you through my how process. I feel. Okay. First, and first things first, I've already talked about this. It was a Valentine's Day weekend when Happen, the app that would show you when you cross paths with someone, t- was telling me that the person I was seeing casually, but seeing and thought it could be going somewhere, was in town, even though he told me he'd be out of town. And it was Valentine's Day weekend. I really freaked out. And even once we hung out, Late like that Sunday night, I was like, "Are you sure you went away?" Like at his apartment, looking for where his toothbrush was. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. It just nope, I, I, I just should have said something, you know. And so in that case, like there was clearly a lot of anxiety in me about other things. Um, 
I still am pretty certain it was like a technical glitch. Uh, I, you know, did my Instagram investigation or I could have been lied to and like good riddance then. But I will say first, just like from an empathy perspective, like I empathize with the fear around that, the apps, it can consume you. And then all of a sudden, you know, taking my example out of the equation now, but if I were in your shoes, dear listener, this person who said they wanted to be exclusive with me is now on an app, even though they were the one who proposed not to be in the app, I would spiral to my gut would feel like, God, ugh, not again. And we always tell you to listen to your gut. And I saw some comments on your post that were like, listen to your gut. If it feels bad, get out. However, I don't think it only feels bad. I think it feels confusing. Mm-hmm. And I would say to Liza's point, and to many other comments on this post's point, there are a lot of reasons you could end up opening your app. So when I read this, I related to it so hard. I was sitting with Date 13 and I asked him, "What would, would this be weird? Like, or would you have maybe opened this up in a new city? And he was like, yeah, what if you were like just curious about that city? Like it would have nothing to do with your feelings about that person in your same city. It would have nothing to do with you maybe actually wanting to go out and meet it meet that person a new person or whatever so which is still kind of worst case because you would be like why are you so curious but again I thought that was an interesting perspective because it really does only update your location when you're on it so especially if it wasn't like updating it like again and again and again I feel like very easily it could have been one someone suggested like turning off a notification so logging on two like just being you know curious about your old conversation with, sorry, the two of your old conversation or showing your profile. You don't probably have pictures of each other yet. So if he's hanging out with friends, this was a very smart listener wrote this, but this is, I did this all the time. Like a very um, a normal thing to do would be like, hey, Liza, can I show you this guy I've been going on dates yes. with and open it, you know? Or if he has female friends, I mean, I'm assuming men don't do this with each other. Women do it with each other all the time. But if he, say he has a really close girlfriend or a sibling, a sister or something, I hate to be so gender normative. They're like, I want to see what your Bumble profile looks like. I want to see what pictures you use. I'm always demanding my friends show me their dating profiles because I want to see how they are representing themselves. Yes. You know? That is also true. Also, there were so many other good theories. Um, And again, this is why I'm obsessed with our, our community. I love you all so much. Like... When I, you know, define the relationship, I got back on sometimes to look at our old conversation. So maybe he just wanted to like have a moment with your old, I don't know. Or, or he was checking up on you to see if you logged in, which like technically you yeah. have logged in. And I know your location wouldn't update, but I just think it's so, it's such a good lesson in that uh, it's more complex than you think. And again, I'm not, yes. I, I say all of this and then I, with the same lovely women, I think they were mostly women, who commented on this in our secret Facebook group. I say all that and then I say, absolutely fucking ask him. Check in with him. It's not weird. If it freaks him out, that's that would be weird. There's a, totally a way you can ask about it, I think. Liza, this is where I differ and say, so, like, I popped on Bumble and I saw that your location had, has updated, you know, because we define the relationship, again, I think you have a right to because you define the relationship and you said no more apps. Yes. That is why you're allowed to fucking ask. You're in a relationship. If my boyfriend was on Bumble, oh my God, now I want to like see, I think we've deleted them by now. But I mean, 
no, let me reverse this on myself. When I was always going on Bumble, like I hadn't deleted it for so long. I was going on dates. Like you just, you just have to have the conversation, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And I think it's fine. And I think you can even preface it with like, LOL. Like Mm -hmm. I feel extra saying this. If you do genuinely feel like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think you need to. I'm constantly being told I have to stop apologizing for my feelings by like, my partner and my therapist and my colleagues. <laughs> so like maybe don't do that. But if it feels natural to you, that's how I would approach it for better or worse. Yeah. Um, But I, and- yeah, I think, but like approach it. Yeah. I, I think it almost like it's causing you some worry. So it just isn't worth, worth, worth stewing in it and waiting and checking again. And then something else happening and it escalating, like always better very similar to the thing when you're in a situationship and you don't know what it is and you just want to ask them what they want it to be, but you don't, you don't. And so you just, things yeah. escalate. Same kind of feeling. So it doesn't escalate. I would say just like have the awkward conversation. And like, honestly, you're in a relationship with this person. They'll probably think it's sweet that you were like, yeah, oh, I hope not. Like that. Yeah. And then you can also establish a precedent of like hey like when something comes up I'm gonna talk to you about it yeah that's true I'm not oh yeah I'm not gonna like sneak on your phone and see what you've been up to or Ah. like I'm not gonna be punitive I'm not gonna be passive aggressive I mean I'm not saying you are any of these things at all but like you know you you can show that like this is how I deal with stuff like calmly and straightforwardly which I think is a good way to establish I'm going to bring this episode for full circle, but I always like to quote Oprah who says, you teach people how to treat you. So I think you can show him how you'd like to be communicated with by communicating with him that way. Yeah. And again, I don't anticipate any kind of weird, let us know, but I don't anticipate, it doesn't sound like he's the type who would be like, what What were you looking at me? But if he does do that, yeah, it'll suck because you just, you really fell for this guy and you define something. Again, I really don't think this will happen, but if he's a total little baby bitch about it, Good. You learned now that he's a baby bitch. You didn't learn in six months that he's a little baby bitch. Um, 100%. (laughs) It's win-win. Sorry, I love bitches, but I just had to say it. I really enjoyed the way you just said little baby bitch. (laughs) I feel like that's something I'm going to say. I'm going to find a way to work that into like every conversation I have for the next two weeks. (laughs) I feel like I was about to say little baby bird and then I just went for bitch. Like, you know. Obsessed. I love it. Okay. Perfection. Thanks, Liza. Well, we did it again. We did an episode all ourselves. A solo app. I love these. I miss I miss, I miss them. them I don't think we've done one like in 2021 yet. I know. And they're fun. Tell us what you want to hear more of. Write us your questions, your worst first dates. The more content, the better. Even if you post it in the secret Facebook group, tag us and be like, hey, Kimmy, Liza, can you talk about this? Or can you have Carlin talk about this? <laughs> or can you have a guest talk about this? <laughs> Um, because I'd love your input. Let us know. I want to keep bringing more and more of your questions and really smart, smart thoughts on dating into this. Um, yeah, I'm obsessed with you all. Obsessed. We love you. We will be back soon. And go on a virtual date. Go on a virtual date. Or if you're vaccinated, maybe an IRL one. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. 
There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Mm-hmm. 